everyone. Welcome to Taz Talk, the show where we talk about the Adventure Zone podcast. Um, today we're talking about Amnesty 19 and the Candle Nights live show. We're going to talk about uh, Amnesty first. This was the last episode in the goat person chapter. <laughs> it's the the tree chapter. Maybe the tree? The tree the, the chapter. Deku tree? Okay. When this episode came out like two weeks ago, fucking Chelsea... <laughs> says to me, by the way, Rachel, you know, just so you know, this is like the last episode of Amnesty. And I was uh. like, what the <laughs> fuck? Really? And I was like freaking out over this. And I was like, how? How could this be the last episode? How could they have like figured it out that fast? And then she was like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I meant the last episode of like <laughs> this chapter. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times, oh, a lot of times, the things that come out of my mouth and the things that come out of my hands or a couple I was steps. Say, you didn't even say that. You typed that. Well, so the the thing is that I communicate out of my existence, or oftentimes <laughs> they they move. My brain moves faster, much faster than the rest of me. So <laughs> not all of it always arrives all at the same time. <laughs> no, I think I I think people tend to make the same kind of mistakes typing as speaking. You're yeah. accessing the same kind of speech pathways in your brain okay we're getting off topic here yes 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 um so we have a, we have we a lot yeah we have a lot to unpack for this one um i mean they did like a real quick i like how at the very at the beginning they like griffin was trying to just like kind of hand wave past the tree falling on <laughs> ned but then they like acted it out real fast yeah oh i, that was I thought cute. that was really cute yeah, yeah. I, I like that they added some drama to the yeah. The thing. Well, because even I remember the, when we were analyzing the last episode, I was like, how are they going to go from where they ended to like the <laughs> the living room scene or whatever they I like know. to call it? And then they did it immediately. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then so we were in the living room scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some planning, basically. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting was that they well, they start talking about how, OK, the tree Every time it makes a new branch, it is apparently making, like, a branching universe. Yeah. It seemed like that's, I don't know, to me, did that seem like a big logical leap to you from well, everything that they know? Okay. Um, sort of. So when, when <laughs> okay, well, because, because like, Indrid being introduced now and his whole thing with the something is going on that it's completely affecting my visions. Like, I, I guess that's... I can kind of get why Indrid came in now and how that was kind of hinting yeah. what their relationship was. But also, like, Indrid's power was presented to us as he sees all possibilities. So, like, when when we talk about multiverses and, and you know, like, po- like, possible things that could happen or could not yeah. happen, like, that is a thing that exists on its own. Like, something... Yeah. I, I guess it wasn't it wasn't as obvious that there was something forcing fate to change. Also, Mm -hmm. because, like, I wouldn't have associated, like, the... I was so fixated on the falling snow. And, 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 like, to my normal knowledge, like, I don't know anything that forces fate to change, you know? Like, I don't have a... (laughs) I don't have a name for whatever creature that was. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I guess when I think about it, branching universes is just as good an explanation for how that mechanic works then like it was just magic which is how i've been thinking about it so far (laughs) um but but once they started talking about the multiverse then mama says something about like that she 
knows more than you would believe about the multiverse, which was just kind of like a passing comment that I am almost certain is significant. Yeah. Well, Did you it, catch it'll that be part? it'll be a sound clip like three episodes from now. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not three. Probably like fourteen to thirty <laughs> episodes from now. So I mean, it maybe I guess it makes sense. Like, so we we've talked before about how if Indrid has been living here for so long, and if he knows if he has so much information, like why hasn't been he why hasn't he been involved with Pine Guard before? Like, uh-huh. does he know Mama? Does Mama know him? Like, and maybe that's what she's kind of getting at. Like, maybe she knew Indrid was around, and and she knew Indrid maybe. could like see possible futures and things. But yeah, like, I, oh, oh, you go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I definitely suspect. Idrid's kind of absence until now is self-imposed. He yeah. seems like he doesn't like people very much and yeah. is kind of uh, um, comfortable in his privacy. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that probably is the 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 best explanation I have for yeah. why he just kind of like appeared. I, I believe which, that. Yeah, I believe that. I buy it. But I also so in in talking about Indrid, and this is maybe just me like fixating on a very small detail, but. Like, whenever I thought about Indrid's power, I always thought of it as time is a linear thing, and Indrid is seeing the crossroads. Like, he is seeing possibilities. He isn't acknowledging that, you know, like, there are multiverse... Like, he it's, he's not acknowledging the butterfly effect necessarily. Well, I guess maybe he is. Yeah. Like, there's a difference... It's... it's <laughs> yeah. Like, this is getting into, a like, a Schrodinger's in- cat <laughs> waveform collapse thing, which yeah. is, like, outside my ability to, like... To, to visualize yeah. yeah so it's just like yeah i guess i guess that's how it would work if it were to like be a real thing that could happen yeah well yeah yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with that because i mean like it's the difference between saying that time is a road and you you go down the different paths on the road it, yeah other than saying that time is multiple roads all happening at the same time yeah <laughs> so i i think i have to just remember that they were talking about multiverses but i think that they were really trying to go with the time is a linear thing and that this creature was forcing it was imposing upon them it was it was making detours like it was adding paths to the the route of time maybe it's maybe it's implied that if you think about it on a theoretical level those two things actually aren't are the same i (laughs) i spent a lot of time this week reading about the universe and like theories about the big bang and it's all very i don't know how to describe this it's like theoretical stuff for one. that you just like yeah you just like <laughs> take it for like i guess that's how you would describe it i that doesn't make sense to me but i haven't seen the math so okay <laughs> you know like stuff about the universe being flat or not or like all kinds of weird garbage that's just like i guess maybe that's how you have to, like the idea that the universe is expanding but it's not like an explosion that's that's filling an empty space it's the space itself is expanding so it's like those two things i understand that it's supposed to be the latter but it's hard not to think of it like the former (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like maybe it's one of those things where like seeing multiple possible futures versus seeing a bunch of extant futures across some kind of multiverse maybe those are basically the same thing anyway maybe it like amounts to the same thing yeah. I I don't know that Griffin intended it to get so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. Like let's just take it at face value and uh so yeah, this tree of destiny. Yeah, fuck. 
Yeah. Well, one thing I so so during the living room conversation, I also liked how Clint like accidentally mentioned Billy in front of Mama. <gasps> yes. When that was like Merle definitely did that on purpose to like yes. bring Billy up, and that's one of the things that like you say Merle. Sorry. <laughs> I think okay. <laughs> I think I said Clint instead of Ned too. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Ned accidentally brought Billy up, but I think Clint definitely did it on purpose. Yes. And it's kind of a good example of one of the things I like about the way their storytelling is in Monster of the Week, where it's like, that obviously had to happen narratively, so one of them made it happen, you know what I mean? And some of that happens in D&D to some extent. There are some cases where, like, you lean into the dramatic irony on purpose because it's funny. Yeah. But I feel like it's a little more, like, intentional and kind of, like, kind of, like, implicitly coordinated in yeah. this campaign. And it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the transition for this scene I thought was just so natural that I kind of, yeah. like, I, I'm sure they probably talked about it or something. Like, they probably thought about, well, you know, at some point Mom is going to have to find out about Billy you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that they necessarily was, were like, okay, now you say this. Yeah, but, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, somebody took the opportunity when they saw it. That seems like what, like, there's, like, kind of a very general outline, and they're all, like, working together, you yes, know? Yes. Again, it's not, like, scripted, but there's definitely kind of, like, a cohesive, like, yes. there's, like, a cooperative thing happening between them. And it's kind of cool. It's, like, this kind of cool synergy that they're playing off of. Yeah. Well, and so I was going to talk about this later, but even uh, for Duck's flashback, when yeah. when he finds Beacon, like, I, yeah. I have a note here that was like, I wonder how much Justin and Griffin talk about, hey, I'm going to bring up, there's going to be a scene with Beacon. And, and yeah. like, is, it seems like there's some kind of, like, unsp- unspoken to us, but I'm sure that they have some kind of agreement where, hey, you know, if I, if, if Beacon is in a scene, feel free to just ad-lib, like, feel free to improv and, and do your side comments and things. Yeah, and that's what's... there's... Oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, there's definitely times where I feel like Beacon should say something. Mm-hmm. If Beacon was played by Griffin, but because yeah. Beacon is played by Justin, like there's sometimes where Justin can't say something that he doesn't know about. You know what I mean? Like Beacon is this intelligence that's operating kind of on the same level as all the other NPCs that have all this like information about yeah. the world that the main characters don't. Yeah. So sometimes there's there's places where it feels like it would be natural for Beacon to make a comment here if yeah. if uh if it was Griffin playing Beacon instead of Justin. So that's kind of yeah. an interesting constraint that that character has. Yeah, well, Beacon Beacon has always been presented to us, or he's at least, it, they? I think mm. he, or I don't I know, it's really not clear, it's, actually. It is a sword, so a, I guess well, it, or so they, is one edge. And so is, uh, like, those two swords in Pokemon. Um, do they but, have gender, though? Are they, no, like, actually, genderless You know what, Pokemon? I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Beacon... Beacon always like it, it, they portray themselves as like all like more knowing than uh, Duck. Like when he, yeah. he's so f- familiar with with Minerva, and and they're always like good like they they ha- they seem to have more knowledge than what Duck has, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of figured yeah, like the vibe from the scene that I got was that Beacon. This is not the first master Beacon has ever had, you know. Um, Oh, like interesting. they, they yeah. clearly have like an idea of who they should be mastered by, uh, uh-huh. but also it's voiced by. That's a by, good point. 
they're also voiced by Justin, and Justin doesn't know, you know? <laughs> One thing that I'm is weird to think about is, like, I don't think we know exactly, like, how intelligent Beacon is and, like, how exactly Beacon's mind works. I mean, if we just, like, this is, like, a fantasy universe, but it also has sci-fi elements, so it's, like, conceivable that, like, it is a talking sword, so it might not think exactly like a human does like yeah. it might have some like some like you know obviously it says a lot of intelligible stuff but it might have like a semblance of intelligence but it might not extend to certain things like maybe if yeah. you try to ask beacon like about its preferences for something it would be like oh that doesn't compute i don't know what that question means you know like i i would yeah. i wonder i want I like every time Beacon talks, it's really interesting because you find out more about like what, you know, exactly is the mental capacity of this talking sword. Yeah. Like, I, I think that there are, there are some like whenever we have in, in, in how do I phrase this? Whenever we have characters in media that seem to be a lot more knowledgeable than they are, but they're like inanimate objects. A lot of times uh-huh. they'll know a lot about modern world and modern things. But Beacon, at least that we've seen, hasn't really been so involved with anything other than itself. Like yeah. the opinions that they have are always about Duck or how like and and Duck and how Duck is like interacting with them. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, since we're talking I mean, about Beacon, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Oh, thanks. Um, I was surprised and kind of happy that Beacon, like Beacon's response to being used as even though they got damaged, like, their response to breaking the chains off of Indrid was, like... Oh, yeah. They, they took such pleasure in that, so it was really Yeah, that cool. was hilarious. Yeah, like, that That was, like, a direct instance of seeing how Beacon prioritizes itself. Like, mm-hmm. they, they prioritize how their master uses them more than how their master, like, might protect them or whatever. Like, the, the glory of, of valor, you know, is more important to them than yeah. anything else. Yeah, it's weird to think about because, like, Beacon really does have a pretty one-track mind. And yeah. that kind of gets displayed again where Beacon breaks and is like, yeah, finally we're, you know, getting some action. And it's yeah. just like, what, Beacon, what is your mental life like? <laughs> like, what do you, like, oh, another funny detail that came from, like, the end of the episode is that apparently Duck keeps Beacon in his underwear drawer, which yes. cracked me the hell up. And so it's yes. like, Beacon, what are you th- are you what are you thinking about when you're Do you have any chilling in this? ducks boxers all day? Are you thinking at all? Like what what's going on in there? It's very weird to yeah. think about. And even like all those years that Beacon was like kept in the cryptonomica, like did Beacon sing to himself? Or like <laughs> what did Beacon do that whole time? Like Mm-hmm. So Mama reacted about how I expected to the knowledge yeah. of Billy. So yeah, that that scene went down, I guess, how how everyone thought. Yeah. Um I one one other thing that kind of came up uh during this episode, which I think is interesting, is like Ned describing himself as not a man of faith. And I think that's a fun contrast to like Merle, Merle like the character yeah. that was playing last time. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see Clint playing like the skeptic this time. Yeah. It it's also it's interesting because in 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 the little that we know about like the the McElroy's personal lives and what they grew up with, 
By little, I mean, if you listen to Mabim Bam, they talk about it somewhat frequently, how they grew up in they West Virginia. They, like, had a obviously Southern very Baptist. religious upbringing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Griffin wanted to be a youth minister when he grew up. Like, it, <laughs> like super. So then to see Clint, like, take this persona of a skeptic is, is really mm-hmm. fun. Because, yeah. like, knowing just who Clint is and then seeing what Clint can uh-huh. do, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> well, I think one thing that made Merle's character so interesting is that, like... He was very irreverent and like had his faith shaken over the course of yeah. it. like to, to to just as a disclaimer, I am not a religious person, so I'm talking about this from a different point of view, maybe. Mm. But like, it's that's one of the things I think that like you know, if you have faith, it gets shaken sometimes, and so like it it makes sense to me that Clint would be able to play like a person who is skeptical because I think like that's a part of himself too, even if it's not the part that won out, if that makes sense. Yeah. In the end. So yeah, it's cool to like be able to draw on that aspect of like your, your beliefs, you know, yeah. to be able to play kind of a different character. Um, um I, so, I, Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I have no idea how, um, the, well, I get how the fights work, I don't get how they determine stuff like damage, though. And I, I don't really need to know. Um, <laughs> but it's just, that's my passing, that's my passing uh Griffin comment. might be just using his judgment. I Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, this is one of those things where, like, if I really wanted to be a good host, I would sit <laughs> down and read all the rules to Monster of the Week. But I'm sure they're extensive. That would probably be a big undertaking for somebody who wasn't going to actually play the game. Yeah. Well, um, but, know, yeah, it I, might be, yeah. I looked up the, the... Um, in the Adventure Zone wiki, like I, I tried to do research on what's already been like yeah, cataloged yeah. about the uh, about about the arc, but there were so many pop up ads that I couldn't actually read anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sad. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I mean, Doing... I I don't need to know how they determine every single detail. I'm just gonna trust in the narrative because I'm enjoying yeah. the narrative. So. I mean, even like jumping way ahead in this episode to the Candle Knights live show, at this we're at the point where like Griffin, they always were a little fast and loose with the rules of D and D, but at this yeah. point, it's just like openly acknowledged. It's fine, whatever. We don't need to go over the rules yeah. for control weather again. We're just gonna roll with it, and it like works, especially yeah. in the live show format. Yeah. Um. So well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised like... if. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be surprised if. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing a little bit of that here too. Yeah. Well, I, I also like that um, during the live show, and now I'm just going to go straight into the yeah. live show. <laughs> during the live show, they um, had a couple scenes where Griffin was like, you know, you don't have to roll. Like, just the monster of the, like, monster of the week. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, do yeah. A roll They're like, we'll the universes are combined. There's even, yeah. like, the, you know, the, the Dungeon Master Guide in, like, the D&D source books and everything. It says explicitly, like, these rules are here to be a tool to you to help you tell a cool story. So if at yeah. any point, like, peop- you know, the rules are for you, you don't, you're not beholden to them. They're there to give the game structure and to help you. But if they're not helping you at any point, throw them out. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool if they want to, like, keep uh, the characters and, and the items that they have and the spells that they have. But if they want to play, like, a different battle system cool yeah like as much fun as it is to like enjoy ones and 20s like i i think the power that it gives them narratively when they say oh it's a mixed success or it's a full success or you know it's a failure like i i think it lets them do more things it's not just a straight up and down win or lose kind of situation 
Yeah, this is this is a tangent that we don't really have time for, but I'm going to roll with it anyway, which is my friend recently was telling me about, he was doing a bunch of research about a modification for the D&D rules where instead of rolling a D20, you roll two D10s, which Ooh. turns the results into more like a bell curve. So people roll much more frequently like in the middle range of numbers. Yeah. And if you get a one or, like I think a one is impossible and a yeah. 20 is super rare. So yeah. it makes people's be like... People's abilities and kind of the b- outcomes of their their uh, the things that they're trying to do it makes it much more like regular and kind of predictable and there's still variation but it's like makes things kind of a little more realistic yeah and I thought that was really interesting and that's what that's in Monster of the Week it's two d sixes so that's kind of what's going on here yeah. too like the probability is different with two dice instead of one um, I I like I that think that would actually be a yeah it would be I'm thinking about trying that out. In D and D at some point because yeah. it sounds it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Real quick, just going to talk back about how they played a little fast and loose with the rules, whether it's a live show or whether it's an amnesty. Um, yeah. I just wanted to point out, like, uh, Ned's item would let him use luck, but Griffin just tri- like isn't luck that well is luck that you automatically get a success or is luck that you get to re-roll. Or I forget is luck because that I, you thought, get to bump I thought it up they to the also that was that was from N- Ned's item that he had, yes. right? But they also have Aubrey's been u- using yeah. luck points also, yes. but that's separate, right? Yeah, that is separate. But they they said luck, so I figured it was the same luck. But I'm pretty sure hmm, luck is supposed to be like if you were at the borderline, it would bring you up to like the next level. Like yeah, if you were at so. a seven, it would bring you to an eight. Yeah, but I mean, and Griffin just he I guess this was more narratively cool. Like, Gr- mm-hmm. Ned rolled a five, so if he had used luck, it would be a six, which is still a failure. But mm-hmm. Griffin was just like, no, you know what? Something really lucky happens. And I thought that was really cool. Like, to bring back the Flymaster. Um... I fucking loved when the <laughs> Flymaster came back. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought that was great. Like, and, and I that's... I fucking love that stupid jetpack. <laughs> that's an example of, you know, I don't mind that we aren't doing exactly what the rules say. I don't even know yeah, what the definitely. rules actually say. <laughs> so... You know, whatever. It's fun. <laughs> I really like the fight scene. The music was really good in this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's all very... Got a good atmosphere to it. Um, not as melodic as in the balance arc, but, like, hitting this really cool tone. Griffin's doing a really good job. Yeah. I think it's 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 got a good, like... It sets the mood really yeah. cool. Like, I think the thing about The Adventure Zone is that there were specific songs that I would listen to a lot. Like Lucretia's yeah, theme, yeah. for example, or like um, The Wonderland Round 3, for example. Like, there are standout songs, but all of this, it just all is like a suite. And so, like, as yeah. a collection, they just sound yep. really cool. It does sound really cool. Um, during Aubrey's flashback, which we then found out was not her flashback at all. Mm. It was a flashback of Alexandra. Yep. Um, Alexandra was referred to as the newly christened audience to divinity and interpreter of Sylvain, which I thought was a fucking cool title and just wanted to repeat because in (laughs) case some of that becomes more significant later. Um, But it's also interesting because in the, in the recap, Griffin played that clip from where Aubrey kind of talks to the interpreter and Aubrey is hearing her thoughts Mm. Mm-hmm. instead of like what she's saying and at the time i was wondering whether it was like aubrey suddenly getting some kind of oh she has mind reading powers that she didn't know about but given yeah. this the, her flashback in this episode it kind of seems like 
she has some kind of connection with the interpreter specifically, some kind of yeah. like psychic connection or something. Yeah. So that's interesting. Looking forward to exploring that later. Yeah. You know, I if if all of that shared experiences things would have happened after Aubrey touched the crystal, then I would, you know, I would get it a little bit more and I'd be like, well, uh-huh, obviously, yeah. like, Alexandra is connected to the crystal and, and mm-hmm. she touched the crystal, so that's how they're connected. But all of this was happening before. So... Yeah, I think there's, like, there's also the fact that, like, Aubrey's whole ability to use magic is a mystery. Because... Yeah. And the fact that she wanted to touch the crystal in the first place is a mystery. Like, yeah. Aubrey obviously has some pre-existing connection to Sylvain. And we just, like, touching the crystal maybe, like, made it stronger or, like, helped her kind of tap into her powers more. But there's definitely something going on before the the, the events covered in the campaign, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. something mysterious in her past. Yeah. And we don't even know how... So, and... Moving on just a little bit, um, Ned's event at the end when... Dude. Yeah. I felt so fucking bad for him, even though I shouldn't, because he stole all that stuff. (laughs) But, like, still, I was like, oh, God, that must be horrible to lose all that, like, sweet So violating. Yeah, especially because it was his his ex-partner. But, so his ex-partner also stole Aubrey's necklace. I know, I was thinking about that. And so one thing was that was interesting about Ned's, like ending scene is that I was convinced that he wouldn't want to confront Aubrey about the robbery. And so I thought that he, that he, Clint said that he would want to do it was surprising to me. Um, And I'm also wondering if that means he would have given Aubrey the flame bright pendant. I have a feeling, and see, that's the thing. I I Yeah, so it's like, oh, how convenient. Yeah, how convenient that it got stolen. Uh, So that's really interesting. Yeah, but I I guess Um, that's going to be our big NPC that we're going to play with in the next arc. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Thacker, the thing that happened with Thacker and Oof. Aubrey at the end was super creepy. Yeah. Griffin did a really good job on that, like, vocal glitch effect because yes. it kind of creeped me out. And I was, like, outside walking around during the daytime. So I was like, ooh, Griffin, nailed it. Um, so, so Thacker is a host for something, not a sylph, possibly an abomination or possibly something else entirely. It's not Maybe. clear. Yeah. And this host believes that the sylphs are hurting their own planet yeah. somehow. So this is all, there's like an interesting web of connections here, which I don't understand yet, nope. but like Sylvain is alive and it's a planet. It's a living planet. Yep. The interpreter is the audience to divinity and interpreter of Sylvain. Aubrey's connected to the interpreter. Sylvain is the home of all the sylphs. The sylphs think humans tried to hurt their planet but like yeah like i don't know there's something really there's something going on here that i'm very curious about yeah i'm excited to learn more about Me it too. i feel like i feel like i say this at every time that we record this thing <laughs> but it's because we learn just like a little bit we yep. learn a little bit more about sylvain with each, with each episode um yeah i i i feel like i always express how like I just want to know things, um, <laughs> but I am like excited with no yeah. every every new thing that happens. I'm like, oh, this is a big deal, you know? Yep. Yeah, <sighs> it's fun to uncover it bit piece by piece. Yeah. Um, no. So the meteor, oh. the meteor wasn't for Earth. Nope. 
Uh, bye, Minerva. <laughs> R.I.P. Minerva. Oh my god, I felt so bad. <laughs> I know, it was wild. So, but then, that's another big reveal. Leo Tarkeesian, we were fucking right. Yep. He did know too much about swords. <laughs> that was for real. Is he an alien or is he a human that's been contacted by aliens? That's what I want to know. I, I, my, my money is kind of on human that's been contacted by aliens. Me just too. I think that's a more fun, that's a more fun, like, arc to explore. I don't know. Alien is pretty fun. Like, I'm at the point where I'm like, we have the sylphs, and as you've said a lot before, they don't feel like aliens. They feel like fantasy creatures. I yeah. want, like, a came-from-space alien to be <laughs> thrown in the mix, too, real bad. Yeah. Um, Because that, yeah, I think that would be a fun, like, element to throw into the pot. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, kind of. Minerva was a came from space alien. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But she never actually. Although she didn't actually get to the. Yeah, she was just, like, (laughs) projecting herself somehow. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Mr. Tarkeesian definitely gave Beacon to Duck um, in that first flashback, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because it only makes sense that he would. So, yeah. yeah. And and so maybe that's why, like, I I guess maybe that's why Duck is a little concerned that um, Beacon has a nick, but maybe not actually concerned, because now, you know, I bet Mr. Tarkeesian can maybe fix it, or know how I to fix it. I bet the fucking giant... Cat? I bet Heathcliff, yeah, Heathcliff. <laughs> oh, by the way, the victorious seed <laughs> was... There was a tree, and yep. a seed came out of it, <laughs> Mr. Solved. They figured it out. <laughs> it wasn't as gross so, as we initially imagined. No. So they got all... They have all the items, right? So they'll be able Spectacles, to get whatever fucking... Victoria's yeah, bonus thing. Seed. I think the first one was a badge. They, like... Oh, yeah. They, like, convinced one of the rangers to give their badge or something. Or the yeah. deputy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't... Right. I don't remember what they get. They get, like, bonus items, right? Or something, or... Yeah, I think so. Some kind of special thing. All right. Um... So, let's move on to the Candle Nights episode, live show, um, which I liked very much. We already kind of commented on how this, like, new, like, out in the open, just fast and loose, who cares, we're having fun, like, whatever about the rules, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, as I've mentioned several times before, I'm a rules person, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, like, really working for them, I think. Yeah. It, it makes for um, a very entertaining um, audio. Yeah. Um, so I love that Dracula is like a full-time bureau member now. Dude. <laughs> That's yes. super fun continuity. Um, I, I also like there's a part. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to comment that um, I like that there's a possibility for in these scenes that we get to see Angus at his different uh, stages of development. Yes. That's very exciting. Oh, my exciting. God. Amazing. Yeah. I even like what, another thing that was funny, speaking of continuity, is when Griffin tried to say to like oh taco you said in the pirate episode that you finished your mockingbird gum and then ta- and justin's like this episode takes place before that which is like <laughs> there's no evidence to the contrary and like there really is i guess no reason that all these episodes these live shows have to be chronological yeah no definitely story and song so that's like a fun thing to play with they, they can't play with it too much or they're gonna fuck up and like make build a contra make a contradiction in, into their own timeline yeah um assuredly just because it would get confusing fast <laughs> this is the same level of um hilarity that as, as taco being like you know who i am i'm from that one you know like, yes it's yes, that kind of like that. meta jokes that i think yep. is, is just really fun very good um so 
One thing that I thought was funny, which wasn't really about the episode, but it was that Clint mentioned that Griffin doesn't like the term planarverse. Yeah. Which I think is really, I'm guessing that it's just like a personal, yeah, I'm curious why. I'm guessing it's a personal pet peeve. Like maybe Griffin thinks it sounds stupid, which it kind of does. I mean, but (laughs) I'm all for portmanteau. Like you, you know, (laughs) that's fine. And uh, planar Um, systems is so many syllables. Yeah. Planar verse. I also, I really liked the ref, there were a couple really funny references to the audience during this show. Um, I'm trying to remember them specifically off the top of my head, but now I can't. But I just oh, no. <laughs> like those fourth wall jokes that they make. They work out really well, and they're always like a hoot. Yeah. Um, I was reading on um, either Twitter. God, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was Twitter or in the Adventure Zone Facebook group, but just about um, how some folks, there was a sentiment, I think it was in the Facebook group, of folks who still enjoy the live show, but just echoed some, well, I thought we were going to get some dust or I thought we were going to get some like amnesty live shows. Like that would be fun too. And it yeah, was just I think you said that discussion. was the Facebook group. I think so. But That's it was really like, interesting. yeah, someone brought it up as a thread and it just became like this big discussion of people who were like, no, no, no. I, I still want Transhorny boys. Like you guys get 90% of the airtime. Like let us have the live shows. <laughs> I could go either way, honestly. Yeah. I, so and that's the thing is I'm I'm not sure how how conf, like I'm sure that they would love to do those kinds of things but a live show there's a lot riding on a live show there's a lot riding on it to sell out so that they can recoup the money that they invest oh, to travel and stuff oh yeah interesting that's a yeah. good point I think so, probably yeah Trey's horny boys are probably more sellable mm-hmm. That's a good I point. Think, you know, they got to pay the bills. Like, bit. I can't I can't begrudge them that. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I love the Trace Horny boys. I also love all the other characters, and I would love to, like, hear more about them. That's but a good I, I point, can... actually. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten my fill of seeing post-saving post the world NPCs. Like, I still need more Carrie and Killian. Uh, yeah, I can never get Lucretia enough of Lucretia episode? and Angus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So that's actually a good point. It's not just about Trace Horny Boys. It's like, I love so many of the characters in that universe. I want to keep seeing them. Yeah. Even, even this episode, like, it, it was about them getting a gift for Angus, but it was really about all these other NPCs that now that we now created and are now canon. Yeah, like, I really liked the way that the fantasy Costco was included. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was, like, basically Jingle All the Way yep. and then Home Alone. Yep. And then... Return of Jeff Angel, which, like, the WrestleMania live show is still my favorite. Yes. So I was very happy to see Jeff Jeff Angel return. I also realized this whole time I was imagining him as a man with angel wings and not a bird person. I forgot that he is, like, supposed to be Aarakocra. I forgot. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That didn't hit me. Because his theme song is the John Cena theme song. I know. So, I, so I you're imagining envisioned... John Cena, right? <laughs> well, I would, but I can't see him. So <laughs> it's John Cena, but like with angel wings. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I was imagining him, too. So Gerald um, Loggins. Gerald Loggins. I, was I wanted him, him to, to be succeed. like a villain, like a big. Me too. There were some <laughs> parts where it was like, hmm, he's still a little too eager to tag along. But nope, he was just goofy, dumb, relatable Gerald Loggins. He was. Uh, I wanted him to succeed. Oh my god, <laughs> he kind of was in a way. I wanted him to succeed so bad, though, in a way that I really did not want Paul Blart to succeed when I was watching those movies. <laughs> um, and I was like shocked when Taco wanted to give him the doll. 
It was like, that seemed right? like out of character. It was like kind of like one of those moments where it's like, this is like a kind of touching thing. It's so out of character that like, I don't know if I feel touched or confused, but it was like, I guess even he wasn't immune to the like intense pity reaction. Yeah, or the Candle Knights cheer. That's also possible. I was I was but fully was, expecting him to be like, just kidding. I saved the universe. <laughs> I know. Taco, like his little shriveled heart grew three sizes bigger or whatever the fucking Grinch thing goes. And everyone cheering when, in the audience when Gerald got the doll was so cute. Right. And yeah. the fucking ending where Angus says the doll is perfect. Yes. Was oh fucking god. adorable. Oh my god, it was so touching. Especially like I listened to this episode twice. The second time I was at work and I was getting a little choked up <laughs> at that part, to be honest. <laughs> I, I always get super um, good. Um Griffin was just he I feel like with all these live shows, he's always like, I loved this one. This is my new favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably he, riding the high on it. <laughs> but he, he wasn't wrong. This was a good one. My dad, every time he makes fucking ribs or something, he goes like, I think these are the best ribs I ever made. So <laughs> I know how Griffin <laughs> feels. <laughs> I see what what's happening. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to say about the Candle Night show. I really liked it. It was very festive. Um, a nice way to round out the year. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. I forgot to talk also about during Amnesty... When Griffin read the last two Jumbotrons. Oh my gosh, yes. We got moment of silence for the Jumbotron that we will never get to be able to put on Adventure Zone. Not even just like, I wish I could do one. And again, like, I understand their reasoning and I bet it was a huge pain in the ass. Mm. So like, you know, they got to do what I got to do. But like, I always really looked forward to the Jumbotrons. Like some of them were so cute and fun. And that was like, that felt like part of the show. And now that part is ending. It's kind of sad. Yeah. So yeah, moment of silence for real. They Oh, I just broke that silence. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. That was it. That we got the moment. It was in there. <laughs> um, but they also have a new ad spot on all the maximum fun like pods casts. I heard stuff. that. It was the one where they're doing the radio broadcast, mm-hmm. right? I thought that was so Yeah, clever. it was at the end of Mabim Bam. I loved it. Also, I wanted to talk about it because is it a preview for the next chapter and the next abomination because they talked about two people getting torn to shreds yeah and we haven't had anyone be torn to shreds yet well no i don't i'm trying to think back to the 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 oil bear and i don't think anybody died no i think the i think yeah i think this is like the next cryptid or no well the next abomination i think the next monster yeah maybe we're getting we're getting down to a, a nice straightforward beast Beast of the Wild. Yeah, give us but some also, chupacabras like, or something. Dan, Dan the Man. Did they ever recover a body from Dan the Man? Was he not torn to shreds? No, he wasn't torn to shreds. He was just like dead in the car. Oh, I think. okay. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, I think you're right. This is probably a new bomb bomb. Nice. All right. Cool. Um. So, where can people find us? Well, if you want to get in contact with us, <laughs> you can. Send us an ask on Tumblr. We're at taztalk.tumblr.com or you can email us at taztalkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're also at Twitter. You can tweet us at uh, taztalkpodcast. And we're on iTunes if you want to look us up there. Um, and I okay. think that's it. That, th- these are our that's last it. words of 2018. Yeah, holy shit. Everybody, um, happy holidays. Have a safe and happy new year. And we'll talk to you in 2019. Bye. Bye. Bye.